Hey Upper Room family, this is Michael Kulianos. I hope you enjoy this message on burning with love for Jesus. God is hitting the rewind button. He wants us to remember our romance that swept us off our feet. I love this house. I love the Millers. It's good to be back with family. I felt like the distant uncle for a year. How many of you feel Jesus here? Yeah. The Lord is wanting us to value what he values, celebrate what he celebrates. And throw away everything else. Like, throw it away. He, he, he wants us to take everything we know about life, ministry, family, and if it doesn't look like Jesus, he wants it to die. He wants it to burn. So if you're a leader here tonight and you're doing stuff that Jesus never offered, and Jesus never asked for. I hear the Holy Spirit inviting you to be free tonight and literally let it burn. Let it all burn. If it doesn't look like Christ, it is not Christian. And I think one of the greatest traps and demonic invitations is that we can build ministries without the Holy Spirit. It's possible to build a big church without the Holy Spirit leading it. <laughs> Your flow chart did not die on the cross. And neither did the clock. And I, I feel that part of the reason God is merging and making family out of the Millers, the Kulianoses, and Upper Room, and Jesus' image. The reason I feel at home here, and hopefully Larissa and Michael feel at home in our environment, is because God is wanting the church to discover that worship is not a side issue. Worship is, is not a means to get onto a better moment called a sermon. The sermon is not the highlight of our gathering. Jesus is the highlight of our gathering. He, he inhabits our praise. He has promised to fill the room, to literally become the midst, the very presence in the midst if we gather in his name. Therefore, he is central. The Lord himself is the point and the sermon is just like a piece of the puzzle that is him. 
There is more worship in heaven than preaching. Now, I'm a preacher. And I am saying, listen, unapologetically, there is no substitute for the bold declaration of the gospel. Don't get me wrong. But if heaven and earth are going to merge, we need to become very comfortable worshiping. Very comfortable. And I, I, I don't, just let me poke at you a little bit. Can I do that in love? You know I love you. But God doesn't learn about himself when we're preaching. He's not discovering some aspect of his being because we're informing him. Newsflash, he's not learning while we're preaching. What is God after? Not just in our corporate settings. Listen to me. Gosh, I'm, I'm, I am trying to give you right now what I would give if it were my last sermon ever. So just grab it. Can you do that? Can you let your heart sit on the edge of its seat tonight like a hungry little child and go, feed me bread, feed me bread. And if I give you any bones, yeah, you got full permission to spit it out. But just, just grab this right now. Jesus can be experienced 24-7. This is crazy. This, is, this, is, this availability makes me want to lose it, like smash my face into a wall in a good way. I don't know, what, I don't know how to deal with that. It, it, his beckoning that never ends. That he's got one thing on his mind. <laughs> And I hate to tell you, there are no dry seasons in a spring. If, if you're in a dry season, it's not his fault. The Bible says it's the rebellious that dwell in a dry land. How can we be in a dry season if a river lives in my body? How could it be? He is constantly available. He said this, if we would drink, we would never thirst again. This fountain never moves. Never moves. He is right here and here to stay. Listen, you can have as much of Jesus as you want. If there is a lack, it is not on the Lord. He's done something. How many of you would agree Jesus has done something? I'll never forget looking at a at his huge cross in the Catholic prayer garden, we were on a retreat with, with these apprentices from CFAM. We were training them how to do crusades and big meetings, and my, I had one lane. This is how you do a big meeting, fall in love with Jesus. This is how you do a small meeting, fall in love with Jesus. <laughs> this is how you read your Bible, look for Jesus while you're reading. They're like, bro, do you have anything else? I used to, and it didn't work. I've got one thing now, him, him, he, he, he. <laughs> in him, all things consist. So you can't have more than everything. What's the Lord doing in this hour? Whittling away at Jesus' end. He's putting the knife to it. Because Hosea calls Jesus' and lifestyle harlotry, adultery. So Jesus and something else in the Lord's eyes sounds like this. You're cheating on me. So how can he be like that? Because he gave all of him to you. All of him. That's why he can request all of you. So I'm looking at this cross, and it was a beautiful crucifix, massive, like 15, 
15 feet tall. It's in a prayer garden. The sun's not even up yet. And I'm looking up at it, and I'm closing my eyes, crying out to God, going, Lord, do something in America. And I'm screaming now in this prayer garden, do something. You've got to do something. And the Lord goes, oh, I've done something. You do something. Thursday, I said, oh, backed off, left the prayer garden. Here I am staring at a depiction of God in flesh crucified on a tree, naked so that we could be clothed in glory, suspended between the heavens and hell so that we could live forever with him. And I had the audacity to say, God, you've got to do something. It's amazing. And the Lord the whole time is right here. Right here. If I had to teach somebody before I taught them how to work miracles, I'd say, I want to teach you how to be with the Lord. He is beautiful. He's wanting to be the church's obsession. That's what he's after. He wants to be our obsession. Completely, radically, listen, listen, listen to my words, addicted with an internal simplicity where if they cut you open, you, you, it's about Jesus. What else? Uh, nothing else. Tell me about him. Okay, I can spend my whole life doing it. Will you ever change the subject? No. No, I, I, I can't because he, he has no bottom. He has no there's, no, no, there's no roof. There's no ceiling to his height. He's, it's him. He's vast. He's wide. He's loving. He's fierce. He's fire and he's water. He's a lion and a lamb. He's alpha and omega and every letter in between. He's got a hole in his side, holes in his hands, holes in his feet, but he's raised from the dead and kept those holes as trophies. How could this be? It's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. And all of a sudden, he comes in like this mighty, glorious, lovingly violent bridegroom, and he snatches your heart and goes, you belong to me now. And we spend our whole life going, oh, touch me. And then he does. And you don't realize that whatever he touches, he longs to possess. He's not interested in touching. He wants to touch you first and then grab you and then take you and then possess you. There's an ownership that takes place. He literally takes the strength of your being and goes, I'm going to put a knife into the strength of your hip so that you'll never walk again in your own strength. No matter the breakthrough or lack thereof, you just go like this. It's about the Lord. It's about the Lord. Man, I... I mean, what's your favorite verse? All of them. They all tell me about him. Do you love the, I love the genealogists because they show me the seed of the Messiah. I love it all. I love the maps. I love Leviticus. I love everything. I love Deuteronomy because I'm in love. That's what's happening now. This, gosh, don't misunderstand me. I love the gifts of the Spirit. They're going to flow tonight like mighty fire. Don't, don't get me wrong. But this move, it's not about a specific gift. This move is not about a specific camp. Gosh, and may God destroy and murder this celebrity, commercialized worship thing that's come in. Not here, thank God, but may God take the knife to it. May it die on the altar. Where we write songs that are from him, to him, and actually about him. Why would I write about me in a worship song? How is that worship? <laughs> How can I look at him and tell God what I'm like? He knows. This is what God's doing now. It's this all-in, fiery, first love holiness. That's what he's doing, and this is what happens. When you get that, you get it all. 
you get the whole treasure chest. You get it all. I have never met anyone who was burning with love for Jesus that wasn't eventually mightily anointed. But I have met people who flow in gifts and fell out of love. And oh, there's no fragrance in the air. There's no twinkle in their eye. Their tone is off, but the subject matter is okay. There's something not right. You sense this. There's an uncleanliness that's just flowing through the atmosphere. You leave, go one day, talk about it. You, you don't even, you don't know. Then you meet someone who's in love. And you say, what did he talk about? Oh, I don't know either, but the Lord came. I don't want, I don't want my sermons to change people's lives. I want Jesus to change people's lives. I want, I, want, I, want, <laughs> I want him to feel comfortable when he's around me so that he can fill a place when I come. Like David Hogan said, I want my eyes to glow. I want my face to shine. It's not about us. What is it about? It's you take all of me. Take all of me until my body is completely yours, till my members radiate your presence. That's what God's doing. He's marrying a bride. He's marrying a people, and you can't learn that there. You can't learn love there. You can't learn. You can't learn what takes place in the bridal chamber here. <laughs> you can't learn that there. You, you learn this by going into your room and shutting the door. You shut the door, and when you get into that room, there are no titles. There are no titles. There are no positions in ministry. God's not going to call you apostle in the secret place. He's just going to call your name. You see what I'm saying? I, I believe in all that. But when you get in there, there's, you can't entertain. You, 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 you can't prove anything. You, you can't call your friend to teach you to do something in there. It's a, it's a place of complete yieldedness where only the Holy Spirit can teach you how to love the bridegroom. And so on Monday, a song worked, and you tried the same song on Tuesday, and you feel no glory. And what's the Lord saying? I am not a system. I am a person. What I wanted yesterday, I may want something else today. Wait on you. Wait on Tuesday, and his precious presence comes. So you wait on Wednesday, and nothing happens. And he says, today I'd like a dance. And so you dance on Wednesday, and you get breakthrough. Thursday comes, and you dance, and... You just wasted your time and burned a lot of calories. <laughs> Nothing happened. And then you open the scriptures and his presence begins to flow. Oh my. And John 3.16 just blew you away. So you open John 3.16 on Friday. And God says, turn back to numbers. What's he doing? He's taking you on a dance that he initiates and he leads. It has to be found there. When you're all alone, because it's in private, that holy fire, in the process of the waiting, that holy fire makes you like him. And you know what happens? Satisfaction. Did you hear me? Satisfaction fills you. <gasps> I have life. I have life. I don't need to be well known because I know him. I know he's looking at me. And when I say his name, he covers me like a cloak. And so I'm not for sale. 
How could you be? You're married. How could you be? So nobody can manipulate or pry. That's what I love about this house. Who in the world releases songs that are like 50 minutes long? I love that. I love it. Why? Newsflash. We're not worshiping the church. We're worshiping Jesus. He loves 50-minute songs. They're unto him. They're his. They're his songs. They came from the Holy Spirit, and they're meet those. There's a. Oh, I feel it. His robe. And go so you can look better or post it. It's a it, it's it's a satisfaction issue. It's his voice is bread. So he says, share my love with that person gladly, Lord, because your voice is bread, and I know if I obey, more voice, more bread. This is an abiding thing that was birthed all alone. He who dwells in the secret place shall abide. When I'm alone with the Lord, something is birthed, abiding. And then I take every step in his presence. And as I obey, his presence increases. This is the Christian life. It's not about your church. It's about Jesus. Listen, it's not about leaders. It's not about your church. It's not your church. I hear people all the time say, so-and-so stole my church. That's interesting because it's not yours. It's the Lord's church. He purchased it. It's not your church. You're a shepherd. It's not your ministry. You say, it's my preaching that gets it done. Oh, we've all heard preaching that wasn't anointed, and we just stared at the person, and nothing happened. If you grew up in church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Great sermons, three points, all the stuff. Why didn't it get through? Because the Holy Ghost has to carry it and break down the hardness of men's hearts. This is it, man, right here. This is it. It's not, it's, it's, it's his church. They're his sermons. They're his messages. They're his songs. We are his. This is his word. Man, if you're not in love and you start to wield this thing, you can do a lot of damage. I love the word. Genesis to Revelation, as Bill Johnson says, I even believe the maps. I love the word. I probably listened in the last two days, meditating on the scriptures, 65 to 70 chapters. I am in the word constantly. I was on it, in the word all the way here. I was in the word this morning. I try to read through my Bible, hopefully three times a year. I, don't misunderstand me. But if you're not in love, I love what Bill says, you will just be more equipped to debate people. Who needs that? Certainly Dallas doesn't need any more of that. Well, let me read this to you. Then we're going to pray. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thanks. Thanks. Just start to thank him. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, wonderful Lord. You are wonderful. Thank you. So it says, 
This is Luke 10, 38. It happened, it's actually, yeah, 38. It happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Circle many things or highlight many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Listen, 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 listen. Upper room, hear me. Hear me, hear me. I'm speaking to the house, the leadership. I feel, I feel the prophetic unction. Listen, listen, listen. It is possible to welcome him like Martha and not give him what he wants when he comes in. Are you hearing me? You can say, Lord, come on, and he comes. What do you do when he comes? You do the same thing that brought him. You never stop inviting. You never stop ministering. Ever. God calls Moses at a burning bush. What was Moses' first assignment? Bring the people back to the bush. Canaan would take place after that. Bring them to the place of encounter. Listen, upper room. If you want to know what, what your end looks like, it'll look like a multiplication of your beginnings. Where did it start? What was the posture of our hearts when God touched us all? It was like, sounded like this. Touch me, I'm going to die. You've got to do it. I don't want to be a professional anything. You've got to come on. What do you want? What is it you like, Lord? You dig, you dig in the word. You're learning to invite him. You discover what he enjoys. You, 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 you're possessed. You're addicted. You're highlighting, you're taking notes, and you don't even know why. You're just digging, you're digging, you're digging, you're digging, you're digging. And then he comes. And then he comes, and you realize, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, you're real. You have feelings. Like Joel was singing, it was spot on. He has eyes. Has he who formed the eye, can he not see you? Has he who planted the ear, does he not hear you? He's real. He's in the room, he sees and hears, he feels, he cries, he laughs, he cries when people don't listen, don't know the hour of their visitation, he weeps, because he longs to gather us in his presence, that's what he does. And then when we treat him like he's not in the room, it's what Miss Kuhlman used to say, the greatest sin is to ignore him when he's there. So he comes in the room and he longs to gather us. Some places they don't say, oh God, you're here. What do you want? I'll give you whatever you want. In that case, he weeps, but he also rejoices. When does he rejoice? When the simple receive him as children. If it worked then, it works today because he never, ever changes. Upper room, listen, this is God's destiny for this house. It is the multiplication of where it all began. 
not just taking you back to the burning bush. That bush did not stay the same size. I should say the flame. That flame began as the size of a bush and turned into a pillar of cloud and then covered an entire mountain. And then God invited Moses into the atmosphere that he stewarded. Y'all to hear me. There will come a time where God will, I feel the anointing. Listen to me. There will come a time where God will say, since you've been faithful, come on in and make this environment your home. Live here in the cloud. What you steward that begins something like this big, grows and grows and grows and grows, and then God says, come on in now. And for six days, Moses sat at the front door of that glorious cloud, waiting, waiting, because he knew, I can't come in unless you invite me. I can't barge my way in without an invitation. And so I'm going to sit here until you give me the green light. But as I sit in front of this fiery cloud, I know one thing. That fire is burning the chaff away. You are making me like you. I'm becoming a bride of like nature. This is Romans 8, 29. I'm being conformed into the image of Jesus as I sit before him like a little kid saying, just say anything. Anything. I don't even care if I like what you say. The tone of your voice makes me want to run away with you. I don't just like what you tell me. I love what you sound like. I love how fast you speak. Sometimes you speak slow because I know you're in a romantic, loving mood, Lord. This is how lovers think. Moses sat there and the Lord said, come in. And he went in. And he stayed in there for days. Forty days he's in there, fasting, no water, no food. And all of a sudden he comes back down. And when he comes back down, his face is shining. Why was his face shining? Because what had become his home found its home in him. Possessed by God. In love. And Mary found this. She chose the good part. And only God is good. <laughs> the only reason ministry is good is because it's about God. She sat there and she was in love. It wasn't just what he was saying. She loved the way his face moved. She loved what he said. She loved his strength. She loved his soft heart. She loved the way he sat. She loved the way he ate. She loved the way he taught. She was addicted to Jesus. And the Father would love for the church oh, to be addicted to Jesus. Ruined. Completely ruined. That's what he wants. Completely ruined. That's what the Lord is after, guys. He wants you. Listen to me. I feel him. I feel the fiery invitation of heaven. He wants you. He wants you. It's like this, this, this is not the hour to not take it by force. The kingdom of God suffereth violence. The violence take it by force. It's time to get in the game. You say, what do I bring? You. I don't know what I'm doing. 
He'll teach you. <laughs> he will. We need preachers who are in love. We need moms who are in love. We need songwriters who are in love. Love songs to the king. That's what we need. You say, I don't know if people sing this one. Who gives a rip if they'll sing it? If it came from heaven, that means they're singing it there. Write the stuff that comes from glory. Who gives a rip? Who sings it or what sells? Or, oh my gosh. If they're singing it around the throne, let's sing it down here. Remembers your early days. Remember your early days. Where did it begin? Where did it begin? In the spirit. That's what Paul wrote. If what God began in the spirit, should we finish it in the flesh? No. So I don't know, I don't know. If I'm going to be a Holy Ghost guy. Well, that's, that's just the way it is. Jesus is a Holy Ghost God man. So that might be a little weird. It's not weird, but it's not boring. He says, the Holy Spirit weird? No, he's not weird, but he also cannot be tamed. Can't be tamed. Controlled. The dove is tender. The dove is gentle. The dove is easily shushed away. But you cannot tame a dove. <laughs> you can't tame him. He's not going to fly and land on your arm like a hawk. He has his own will, his own agenda, his own purpose. There's a river flowing through here tonight. There's a river flowing. There's a river flowing through here.